Will we ever get back to normal? Even if we could, should we? As we faced massive disruptions to how we live, work, and connect, is this a chance to re-examine the ecosystems that have defined our way of life for so long? Is now the opportunity to rebuild them entirely? Welcome to She Wonders, produced by BCG Brighthouse, where wonder can change the minds of the people who change the world. I'm Ashley Grice, CEO at BCG Brighthouse and your host. In this season, I'm wondering how we can rebuild the ecosystems that define our world today and reconstruct the way we make connections to create a better tomorrow. In this episode, we will explore how to make the idea of a more inclusive economic ecosystem a reality with the world-shaping Shaina Silva. Shaina is a pioneer for women leading the new economy and an award-winning ecosystem architect and digital transformation strategist. In 2018, she founded She Builds Global Initiative, an international platform that equips entrepreneurs, innovators, and changemakers with the network, tools, knowledge, and resources to scale their impact and make regional change. Thank you for joining us, Shaina. My pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me, Ashley. So as a Haitian-American based in San Francisco, how do your roots shape your future? The starting point is obviously growing up in a family of entrepreneurs. And so my mother and father are entrepreneurs. My grandparents are entrepreneurs. And so I grew up understanding that as long as you understood that you could solve a problem and create a service or a product that meets the needs of someone, then you could become an innovator. You could add value to an economy. This entrepreneurial identity has very much shaped my decisions my entire life. And I would say that in addition to being entrepreneurs, my family is also very much a family of activists. So a lot of their entrepreneurial endeavors has been shaped around advocating for the community. And so focusing on Haitian women was really just aligning with my sense of identity, the type of family that I came from, based on what my family has imbibed in me growing up. So based on that, I'm going to go ahead and guess that your family dinners were not ones where you sat around and everybody <laughs> was quiet. There was probably a lot not of fantastic conversation. No pressure. No pressure <laughs> in the family of entrepreneurs to, to go out and, and find that, that calling, that purpose. You know, you said... In order to build the future we imagine, we must first understand the problems that hold us back. When you think about being in that family of entrepreneurs and watching that around you, and then when you think of your identity, what are the challenges females, maybe particularly Black female entrepreneurs face that hold them back? How did that help inspire SheBuilds? Well, Ashley, if you can imagine at my family dinners, we talk about what's going on in the world around us. We talk about the challenges that our society faces. Because I had examples around me of women entrepreneurs, my mother, my grandmother, my aunts, I never felt a true sense of limitation in being able to achieve my goals and being able to build things. But that's not the typical household, particularly in most Black communities. Black women living in emerging markets like Haiti or across Africa are not coming from families where women empowerment is encouraged or is something that is the norm. We come from a patriarchal society where the men are the head of the household and women are there to support them. So you have a lot of young girls, young women who do not go to school. So they don't have access to education to allow them to mentally, creatively free themselves 
and realize their full potential. Your commentary about being surrounded by entrepreneurs, you have nailed how important representation is in order for people to really envision the dreams of the things that they can become. When you think about how important being surrounded by entrepreneurs has been potentially to your track, right? It's just natural for you to go down that road. And we think about the concept of representation. What might your experiences with She Builds help you teach corporations? Before coming into where I am today, I used to run a corporate innovation accelerator where our focus was to help large corporations on how to collaborate with startups, how to act like a startup, because these large corporations are heavy. They're like elephants, they're bureaucratic. And startups are nimble, creative, innovative, and very diverse. And so a large part of what I've had to do in that work is to help corporations to adopt the agile mindset of a startup as part of the DNA of their innovation strategy. And in the work that I do with She Builds, representation in innovation is critical. Innovation without diverse thoughts, innovation without diverse perspectives cannot be true innovation. It'll just be an improvement of what you were doing before versus something that will radically shape the future of your company and how it's being operated and who you're serving and the markets that you can actually capture as a result of doing something different. The nimbleness you talk about, the agility that you just talked about, that idea of bringing different things together. I think there's so much fruit in those intersections to find new places to explore and innovate and be creative. You know, you work in two very different fields when you think about diversity in tech. In your opinion, how can we leverage technology to create more inclusive systems that really take advantage of some of that, that fruit that might lie between things that are seemingly unlike? Coming from an emerging market like Haiti, where there is a disparity in terms of economic opportunities, right? It's a very impoverished country. Technology actually allows for more people to be able to create their own jobs, create their own opportunities. I'm sure you've heard of the concept of the gig economy with platforms like Fiverr or Upstart, where people can literally just upload their skills, create a profile and immediately have access to customers and be able to sustain themselves and make an income just by being able to publish themselves online. Social media allows you to have a voice, to share your opinion, what you stand for, what you believe in. It allows you to become an influencer. I mean, Justin Bieber, I think, became famous because of YouTube, not because he had an incredible manager. So technology is reducing the barriers for entry into the markets, the global economy, and people who didn't have access before today have even more access than they've ever had in the history of mankind. So it is actually breaking down the barriers for participating in the global economy. This democratization of platform that you're speaking about, of access, really allows for self-expression and it allows for people to expand upon their imagination in many ways and share, share that with the world. When we think about our podcast on its own, we talk about wonder and the breakthroughs that come from the time to wonder and the ability to share. She Builds is about doing and building 
and creating. How do we move from wonder and imagination to action? I love the space of wonder, by the way. I'm a dreamer, so I like living there <laughs> quite a bit. Um, but moving from wonder to builder is really about belief, I would say, one major thing. And the second is environment, right? A lot of people have been able to succeed in life because of the belief system that they subscribe to, the self-belief, knowing that you can do it, knowing that nothing is holding you back, no matter the obstacles that are in your way, right? Your mind is driving you to make an impact. Your mind is driving you to be successful. Your mind is driving you to realize your dreams. So belief, I would say, is a major component. And the second is environment where the, the mindset becomes more about survival versus opportunity. And so what you'll see is that because of survival, there's a need to just constantly do things to survive versus doing things to realize your full potential. So being able to move from wonder to builder has a lot to do with being able to dream and believe in who you are, what you're capable of doing, but also being able to be in an environment where those talents that you have are cultivated and you can test things and you can be told that it's okay to fail and you're not a failure. The things that you failed in are actually lessons versus being banished from your community or being looked down upon. I would say those are the two most important things to help you move from wonder to builder. The concept of wonder is always such a conundrum to me because in many ways, and you can see this in studies of children, for example, we all, I believe, innately possess it. At the same time, you articulated so well, oftentimes people are really focused on where they sit in Maslow's hierarchy. If you're wondering about where you're going to find your next meal, if it's so hard to let go of those immediate needs as humans to be able to get up, that hierarchy at the same time in many ways, that innate sense that we all have is what allows us to rise in that way. You talk about belief, you talk about an environment, and it's like you've come full circle back to sitting around that family dinner table or that spot or that <laughs> conversation, right? Where you have representation, where you have an environment that allows you to get that belief. And so, so much of our success in many ways is shaped by that environment around you. And that could be a wonderful thing in the case of being inspiring, but it can also hold you back. And so it's, it's one of those things about how do you mix that sense of ability to, to see that higher calling while you're worrying about immediate needs at the same time. When you think about success for She Builds, in your mind, in your dreams, you said you were a dreamer. What does that look like? What does that look like to you? <laughs> I've grown a lot in the past four years of She Build. I started out with the typical international development mindset of social impact, where it's all about the numbers and impacting as many people as you can. And, you know, if you're building something, you need to impact at least 10,000 people. And today, my idea of success is very different as a result of those lessons and those failures. And I found that by impacting a few women who had incredible potential, but just did not have access has actually led me to have a lot more impact than trying to reach 10,000 women, but then not really having the same drive as a small group of women who really want it badly. 
I came across a study from the UK government that 90% of the economy is supported by 10% of small businesses, which means there's a lot of small businesses, but only 10% of them are actually supporting 90% of the economy. So not everybody is actually adding as much value to the economy as a small group that is doing extremely well. To take it back to the lessons that I've learned building She Builds is that I don't have to service every single woman, every single Haitian, every single Black woman. If I can find the ones, a small group who have incredible talent, drive, who want to build something, who have the type of mindset that will eventually lead them to success. If I can support and enable those women, even if it's 10 women, they might have way more impact than if I were focused on 10,000 and maybe 80% of them never went back to entrepreneurship again. That whole concept of never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. Margaret Mead, written in our offices, up on the up on the top to remind us every day that sometimes those small group of people can make massive change if they get that sense of movement and build behind it, which I love. When you think about the talent pipeline that you know will be successful at She Builds, what are the three characteristics you look for in entrepreneurs? As a design thinker, I would start with empathy. Empathy is what allows us to really understand a problem and the people that we're solving for. Then you have someone who has feelings and can convert those feelings into an insight. The second thing I would say is creativity. Someone who is creative is constantly thinking about different ways to solve a problem, right? And you need that. In a world that's changing extremely fast, that's being disrupted by technology, you need someone who can think of multiple ways to solve a problem, not just one right? Not being a linear thinker is actually probably going to be one of the most critical skills to have in, in this new economy that we're experiencing today, being able to look at things from multiple dimensions. And the third one I would say is communication. Being able to be an excellent communicator has led so many people to become world leaders, not necessarily because they were building something so amazing, but because they were able to persuade and influence people, inspire people, get people excited, make people laugh. (laughs) So I always look at how are you able to leverage your voice, your ability to tell a story, your ability to communicate, to inspire others to take action, to inspire others to get behind you and build with you, to inspire others to build for themselves, change their way of life, So communication, I think, is one of the critical characteristics that can set someone up for success. I wish, to be very honest, I myself were blessed with your beautiful concept of failure. How much do you think that sense of failure is a traditional concept? When you talk to some of your entrepreneurs about it, do they look at you like you're crazy up front? You know, what? I'm not comfortable failing. As humans, we're not comfortable failing. I would love to hear a little, you know, some anecdotes about what that means and how you really convey that, you know what, it's okay to not succeed up front because the end game will be better. It's a hard concept to accept. Very, very hard. Because people, especially people who are entrepreneurs pursuing some end goal, they want to win. 
So when you're told that it's okay to fail and it's part of the process and you should accept it, it can take a long time to accept it. No one wants to lose. I know that one of our entrepreneurs, she's from Cape Haitian, which is in the north of Haiti. And she's been building her business for several years, but the country has been in a political crisis for forever. And so that has really impacted how she's been able to grow and build her business. And she's failed many times and has had to pivot um, and, and went into a depression for a very long time and couldn't express that de depression to her family or to, to people close to her because she was afraid of how they would perceive her. And so she went through that process practically alone. And until she joined our program and started interacting with other women from other parts of Haiti, from other parts of the world, hearing their stories of how they've been able to pivot their businesses and actually exchanging on the importance of failure to improve your business, that's when she had the mindset shift. It didn't come from her immediate environment. It didn't come from how she grew up because our concept of failure is that it's not acceptable. And so a really big part of what we do at SheBuilds is actually making sure that our women are connected to the right conversations around self-care, mental wellness, and accepting failure as a concept of innovation, right? You will not know how to innovate unless you test and fail. You will not be able to improve something unless it didn't work and now you have to figure out how to make it work. And that's the entrepreneurial and innovation mindset is when you are constantly looking at a challenge as an opportunity versus looking at every challenge as something that affects you personally and that will limit you from your potential. I love that. I think for many, many people, there's so much underpinning and support societally for certain populations that there just simply isn't for others in the way you describe it. I think adds a lot of depth into how we think about failure and why it might be easier for some people to accept than others. Yeah. This has been such an inspiring conversation. I cannot thank you enough for coming to talk to us about this power in ecosystems. We really appreciated that conversation. and. I can tell you from this end, we are in awe of your efforts and she builds and your expansiveness and cannot wait to see where you take it next. Thank you so much, Shaina, for being here. Thank you, Ashley. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for listening to season three of She Wonders. Make sure to check out other episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.